And I think that has to be the trajectory of the church as we, as we seek to help people with their marital struggles. What we're aiming at is to see marriages preserved, but transformed in a way that Christ is honored, God is honored, and the, and the two people involved in that marriage relationship flourish spiritually and in every other way. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpot, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Richard Caldwell of Founders Baptist Church. Now, with the podcast this time, we're going to do things a little differently. Instead of me asking Pastor Richard the question, we actually have a small, live audience of mostly young people who have important topics they'd like to ask Pastor Richard. So we hope you'll enjoy this new format for Season 14 of Straight Truth. But if you have a question you'd like to ask Pastor Richard, as always, please leave a comment below this video or submit a question on our website, straighttruth.net. With that, let's get to the question for this episode. My question is on Matthew 5, 31 through 32. It's about divorce and is sexual morality the only grounds for divorce or can physical, physical abuse of you or your children be grounds for divorce? Yeah, thank you, that's a good question. When I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, I see an indicator in that verse that there may be multiple reasons why marriages end, sadly, unfortunately, in this world that's been affected by the fall. What we want to affirm at all times is that God's will is one man with one woman for life. That's His will for marriage. Uh, no one should ever enter into a marriage that isn't committed to being faithful to their marriage covenant, their marriage vows for the rest of their lives. But because of sin, we do meet with situations in this world that make the continuation of marriages at times untenable. One would be hard-hearted, unrepentant sexual immorality. Another would be abandonment. But I think there are even situations such as you've just mentioned, abuse situations, that where there isn't genuine repentance and life transformation, we have to protect the innocent party. We have to protect the person who's being abused. And sometimes that can even mean divorce. I do see more than one reason why divorces might happen. But what we're aiming at in, in all of those situations is to rescue marriages, not bring them to an end. And I think that has to be the trajectory of the church as we, as we seek to help people with their marital struggles. What we're aiming at is to see marriages preserved, but transformed in a way that Christ is honored, God is honored, and, and the two people involved in that marriage relationship flourish spiritually and in every other way. So uh, is there more than one reason why divorce happens? Yes, but the aim at all times is, is, is what God designed for marriage to be, and that's permanence. And so that's what we're aiming at as we strive to help people. So uh, along those lines, so right, you mentioned 1 Corinthians 7.10. I was, I was um, thinking of 1 Corinthians 7.15 mm -hmm. re related to this question. But if the unbelieving partner separates from a, a believing partner, say in a, um, uh, in, in a situation where there's marital strife, you've got a believer and an unbeliever unequally yoked together, we might say. Or maybe one of them became a Christian later on in the marriage. Right. He said, um, if one of them separates because of, say, sexual immorality or desertion, mm -hmm. um, we would maybe say those are grounds for divorce, according to what Paul says here. And 
Um, he says, let it be so. And then he says, in such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. Right. Do you right. think he means like in such cases, it would include something other than than sexual immorality and um, desertion? Or or maybe like would it include something like abuse as a reason? Yeah, the reason why I reference 1 Corinthians 7, 10, that verse says this, to the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband, and the husband should not divorce his wife. Mm -hmm. So in that verse he's saying, I am exhorting you to remain in your marriage. But if you don't, then here are your options, to either remain single mm. or be reconciled to the person you were married to. I think that verse envisions situations where though permanence is what we're always aiming at, circumstances may arise that make that, the, the continuation of that marriage untenable. And I, th and I think that includes a whole host of things that, that okay. might do that. And I think abuse would fall into that kind yeah. of a verse. Mm -hmm. The verse you're referencing in, in verse 15 has to do specifically with the, the issue of abandonment. Mm -hmm. So you're in a marriage, unequally yoked, you've been converted, and now you're married to someone who is not a Christian. The, the biblical truth that we find in 1 Corinthians 7 is as long as the unbeliever is willing to live with you in a way that is truly a marriage and in a way that allows you to serve Christ, though they themselves don't serve Christ, you, you don't leave them, you remain in that marriage. But if the unbeliever decides they don't wanna live with you anymore, they're going to leave you, they're going to abandon you, then you don't have to feel bound. And I take that to mean in your conscience, in, in your contemplation of what it means to be faithful to God. You don't have to feel bound to somehow keep them in the marriage, to somehow preserve that union. You can let them leave. And Paul goes on, he says elsewhere in 1 Corinthians 7, you don't know whether or not you'll ever see them converted. I mean, there's no guarantee they're ever going to come to Christ. And I think sometimes we, we meet with exactly that. People who want to stay in a marriage that really isn't a marriage at times, a marriage even where practically they've been abandoned, but they're wanting to stay in it because they so long to see their spouse converted. Right. And, and the Spirit of God through Paul is telling them, you don't have to feel that bondage. You can let that relationship go if they don't want to preserve it, if they don't want to continue in it. But then I go back to verse 10. I think your choices at that point are to remain single mm. or else be reconciled to them. How long should somebody wait then? Of course, the circumstances could be different. Across the board, every couple, it could be different. But what, what, let's just put it this way. When, when a couple comes to you in, in, in your office and they need counseling, and when they, one of them wants to get a divorce, and let's just say um, there has been sexual immorality, or maybe there hasn't. Maybe it's, um, I've been verbally abused for the last five years of our marriage. What do you say in that instance? Do you say, okay, grounds for divorce, you can go, or uh, yeah. I'm not sure, uh, I'm, no, no. I'm not putting words in your mouth. Here, I understand. But, but like, do you, or do you say, you know what, let's, let's wait on this. Or, or I haven't seen my husband in the last month because he's just out doing whatever he wants. He comes home every three weeks and then he leaves again. You know, do, do you yeah. say at that moment like, okay, grounds for divorce, or do you say, let's wait this out for a while and see? Yeah, what I found, Josh, in, the, in those situations, you know, I wish we had a play-by-play -play blueprint yeah. uh, from God that would tell us exactly what counsel to give in every given situation. We don't have that. So it becomes a matter of judgment. And what I think is key for those judgment issues, those wisdom matters, 
is a real honesty before the Lord and a genuine desire to please Him. So I, I think anyone who, who's honest with what God has commanded us regarding, or the truth God's given us regarding marriage, uh, namely that it's to be permanent, uh, that means this is what we're striving for. If, if you approach your marriage with that kind of sincerity, then you're looking to preserve it. And a part of that is a willingness even to suffer in marriage for the cause of Christ. Sometimes we think about suffering for Christ mm-hmm. and we apply it in every realm except the, the possibility that it could occur in marriage. I mean, it is possible that a believing person is called to suffer for Christ in a marriage where an unbeliever doesn't treat them properly, which is why I think the, the whole verbal abuse thing has been magnified, amplified, out of proportion in the day in which we're living. Uh, we can deal with difficult words. I mean, God has given us the capacity to deal with insults and all mm-hmm. sorts of things and do it in a way that honors Him. There's a difference between that and physical abuse. Mm-hmm. So I, I would be very careful about suggesting that someone speaking to me wrongly is a reason for me to end my marriage. Mm-hmm. So do I really want to preserve this? Am I wanting to please God in this situation more than I'm wanting to please myself? Have I factored in the calling to suffer for Christ, even sometimes in the realm of marriage, that that is a possibility. That is the proper foundation for being able to weigh, how long do I stay? How far do I go with this? Mm-hmm. And, and so it becomes a case-by-case basis. I do know this, hard-heartedness is not the standard for God's people. When Jesus was being questioned about divorce and remarriage, He, he, he takes them beyond the concession found in Moses for divorce, back to Genesis, to the point of God's will for one man, one woman for life. And he says it was because of your hard-heartedness that this concession was given. If there's repentance, if there's sorrow, if there's an asking for forgiveness, Mm -hmm. then we have other instruction from the Word of God that helps guide us there. Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? No, 70 times seven. So if I take what the Bible teaches about love, which is I should be willing to love even my enemies. If I take what the Bible teaches me about a covenant, a a righteous man swears to his own hurt and doesn't change. If I take what the Bible teaches me about forgiveness, 70 times seven. If I take what the Bible teaches me about the model for marriage, which is the relationship of Christ and his church. And I think about, have I ever been unfaithful to Christ? Have I ever been sort of a spiritual adulterer in my unfaithfulness to him. If I look at God's relationship to Israel, that though there has been a temporary setting aside of Israel, but it's not permanent, God has a plan for Israel for the end of the age. We see that in Romans 11, for example. And I see the book of Hosea and how God teaches his prophet there to remain faithful to Gomer, even when she's proven herself to be an adulteress, takes her back and demonstrates God's love for Israel. When I see all of these things in the word of God, I'm not someone who ought to be quick to want to end my marriage. I'm someone who's wanting to preserve it. But even having said that, we see in 1 Corinthians 7, we see in Matthew 5, we see in Matthew 19, that in this sin-sick, fallen world, some marriages will not be able to be maintained. Mm-hmm. And when, when I've done my best to please the Lord and preserve my marriage, and it's just not possible, then I don't have to live with a bound-up conscience that somehow I've failed God I can, look at, I can look in the spiritual mirror of God's Word and know that I've done my best for Christ. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Straight Truth Podcast. Now, we'd love to have you share this episode with friends and family. 
And the easiest way to do that is by going to our website, straighttruth.net, and subscribing to one of our social media channels like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, Straight Truth is listener-supported. So if you'd like to find out ways to help us to continue to produce this podcast, again, go to our website, straighttruth.net. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Richard Caldwell. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.